You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. Oh my gosh, what an amazing service we have. I mean, Awakened Salt Lake, we showed out today. Amazing. I just want to thank from the bottom of my heart, Pastor Matt and Loren Tuggle. A little do you guys know that I actually spent Thanksgiving with them because I was apart from my family and they welcomed me into theirs. And as well as every one of you is sitting here in the stands, you welcomed me into your family and that's what just changed my life. I want to thank Jürgen, Pastor Jürgen and Leanne Matesius for their leadership and their, just, their discipleship in this internship. I just want to just encourage you, if you're thinking about joining the Awaken internship, do it. Step out in that faith and God will meet you there. How many know that life is hard? Life can get hard sometimes, right? Like I'm not the first person to go through hard things, but I surely won't be the last. But what I can say is ever since accepting Jesus into my heart, I have had such a new understanding for life. I have just had such an amazing testimony and God has given me that testimony to share with others. So how many know that God is inviting us to not a life of comfort and ease, but a life of surrender and sacrifice to lay down our lives for for the good being of others? to surrender our will and to follow his will. I want to start by saying I come from a broken two-household family. My parents split apart when I was young. I actually am a triplet. Um, And one day they will be here in Jesus' name. (laughs) And that's not just some fancy thing we say. In Jesus' name, it's going to happen. I know they're going to be standing with me on this front row, worshiping with me one day, just like my beautiful mom here is doing. Now, bless her heart, raising three children by yourself is a, is a battle and alone, let alone someone as difficult as me. <laughs> now, I stand before you as this happy, outgoing, loving person, but that wasn't always the case. I grew up very angry, honestly. I was taking out my resentment against the people in my life, and I turned to football. Um, football was a big thing in my life where I always just felt the urge to hit someone. So, <laughs> me and Pastor Matt share something. In high school, it was football, girls, and parties. <laughs> Obviously that changed, at least a little bit, but <laughs> what I can say is I am in love with my life. I love my testimony. I would not change anything. I would not change where I am today, and I just want to thank each and every one of you for just doing your part. So starting high school, I actually came to, I went to Corner Canyon High School, and I met the violin player, Elijah, and his amazing family. Now, when I met Elijah, I heard, I heard this voice in my head. But my whole life, I've been told that's a Spidey sense, right? There's a Spider-Man movie coming out. So all I know is that's what I felt my entire life. It was just that little voice in the back of my head. Like, should I believe this voice? Should I listen to it? But the voice told me this, this person's going to be very important to you. And little did I know, over the last 15 months, I've lived with them for probably like eight. So I just want to honor, well, honors do, the beautiful family of the Contreras's, just Eric and Audra. She really is my mom and pop, so I love them so much, and I would do anything for their lives. So, let alone their quarterback, in it's just amazing. So, anyways, I um I grew up and I grew up in a military family, so obviously all the time it's just like pulling yourself up by the bootstraps. But I grew up going to the Ten Commandments film. That's about as religious as I, my family would ever get. But I would fall asleep constantly. It's just too long of a movie. So, anyways, my first ever Sunday was at Jordan Commons. And I gave my life to Christ in the same movie theater that I used to fall asleep in. So, if that's not a testimony, I don't know what is. 
<laughs> now, I fell in love with the people. Obviously, you guys have met the amazing Jason and Lindsay Porter or the amazing Ben and Amy Thomas. I mean, what an amazing family. They're just amazing. They welcomed me with warm, loving arms like never before. When my family was far, you guys were close. Believing in me is what set me free. So thank you so much. Thank you. But something that really resonated with me was, will you follow Jesus beyond comfort? And that has always just touched my heart and just grabbed my heart. Because in high school, I was, I was looking for my identity. I was putting in things like girls and parties and football, and I wasn't ever finding fulfilled. I just had this like hole in my heart. Um, I was looking for my identity in Christ. I was looking for my redemption. And it's in Christ that I found that identity, that I was saved, that I was just treasured for the person I am, for the gifts and the talents that you guys have all brought out in me. So thank you. Anyways, the big thing that has changed my life is Emerge. I encourage you, if you have a husband sitting in the room or a boyfriend, get them to Emerge. <laughs> now I do want to shout out my amazing Emerge captain, John Johnson, wherever you're at. Woo! All right, the remnant, get on that team. I will change your life. I really will. But Emerge stands for every man reaching God. And that, that week changed my life. I mean, it's really a father and son moment when you go through the, um, the rite of passage. But I didn't have my father with me, unfortunately. But I had 50 men step in to be that father figure. What I can say is if you're considering Emerge like I was, do it. Even if it's the last minute, Come to men's prayer. Talk to me and we got, we'll get you there. But Tuesday morning, I met Pastor Matt for the very first time. And I remember Pastor Matt asking me to step in the circle and pray. But not just to pray for the valley or the city or the state, but to pray for the men going down to San, to San Diego for a merge. And I felt in my heart, I'd been fasting, I'd been praying, and that was my sign. So I just want to thank you for just believing in me enough, even if it's something as small as a prayer. No prayer goes unanswered. Continue to pray. Now, I just want to let you know, I've been homeless the last year of my life. It does not look like it, sure. But <laughs> if you're believing for someone to come here to church with you, please do not stop believing. Do not stop believing. I just, I beg you. My mom is sitting here after drug and alcohol abuse as a child. She's sitting here worshiping with me. And that's just a beautiful testimony. Now, what I do want to say is I came home from Emerge Conference Sunday morning. I made it to church. Monday morning, I went to my senior year crying. I was in tears. I was reading my Bible. And honestly, it felt like everything was broken. I was lost. I was broken. I was confused. And honestly, I was living my life on autopilot. I was waking up, living the same day over and over again. And honestly, it was hurting me. It was hurting me because I was drifting farther away from the things that made me me. From the very few things, like football or friends, it didn't feel right anymore. So, um, I encourage you, if you're drifting away from someone, come back. God loves you and he wants a relationship with you and he's reaching out to you just like he reached out to me. Now, I want to stand up here and say I'm not special, but obviously I'm a little special. But, <laughs> but that's because God made me special. God believed in me and he has just given me the gifts. Anyways, I came here after Monday of crying and being at my lowest point in my life. Tuesday morning, just 40 hours prior of being kicked out of my home, I was given $1,000 by God's grace. Pastor Dr. Matt out in San Diego, California, gave Pastor Matt Tuggle a $1,000 visa. Pastor Matt called me up in the middle of uh, men's prayer, and he gave me this card, and I was in tears. I was broken. I didn't know how I was even going to eat that day. And then, and then, get this, he throws my Venmo up in the air, and over $2,000 was raised in God's grace. Now, what I can say is being homeless is far from easy. I should be in Salt Lake with the tent. So I want to encourage you that if you need a place to stay, 
One day you can sleep on my couch. <laughs> but I do want to acknowledge some people that have let me into their homes. Obviously, my amazing, beautiful family, Eric and I, Adria, just uh, thank you so much. Ted and Lynn Miller, thank you. Amazing. Just amazing. Ted has changed my life in more ways than I know. He's just taken me in and discipled me, and I cannot thank him enough. But what I can say is living, over the last, living all, all over the state has been one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life, and while doing the internship. Um, I had my car broken, too. I lost every piece of clothing, all my winter gear. But I had people believing in me and around me, and I had people supporting me like no other. Um, what I can say is that society will put labels on you. But how many know that our labels don't come from the world? They come from God. Now, we're all going to get promoted. Today, we're leveling up. So all you have to do is just lean in and God's going to promote you. That's all. What I can say is, even six months ago, I was emancipated. I was separated from my family. But I love them more than anything. If they're listening, I love you guys. Alex and Allison, I miss you more than you know. But what I can say is I talked about my life before Christ, my life during finding Christ, and then the fruit. But how many know the fruit is the easiest part? It tastes good. <laughs> so the fruit is so easy to just explain on my life. I mean, how many know when you're on the winning team, it's easy. It's easy to brag, right? Anyways, we score points on offense. Let's be the people that attack. Anyways, the fruit of my life currently is I'm currently setting records in this Awakened internship as the youngest person to ever go through it. I'm the youngest member on the response team because Ted took me in and believed in me that I could, that I could pray for anyone else than me. I used to not know how to pray until people took me in like everyone here. So, anyways, a year ago, I have doubled my finances. Doubled. And that's nothing but God. Nothing but God. I'm rebuilding relationships each and every day. I'm rebuilding a relationship with a mom that I was estranged for more than six years from. And she's just, bless her heart. I mean, raising a whole family is just unbelievable. So, thank you so much, mom, for being here. I love you. What I do want to say is there was one verse that always stuck with me, and it was, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever wants to lose their life for me will find it. I just want to thank you, and I just want to leave you with one last thing. Are you willing to put everything on the line for what you want in life? Are you willing to step out into faith and to see what God has for you on the other side of brokenness? Make that step of faith, and I'll be there with you on the other end. So I just want to welcome up the amazing Sarah Mehmet. She has the sweetest heart I've ever seen in her life. So God bless Sarah and her family. So, absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, first of all, I really just want to honor Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, um, not only for just cultivating a culture um, that I can't, and the community that God intended, for, but for giving us this platform here in Salt Lake to speak on and just really change the valley. Um, I also want to honor my parents. They did a really good job of raising me. Um, regardless of someone's religious background <laughs> or... Um, faith or religion, they really just encouraged me to love everyone. It didn't matter how they were raised, and so I just really want to honor them. My walk with Jesus really has a lot to do with my mental health. Um, it, my life just really was consumed with darkness. I, it started in middle school and progressively got worse as I went into high school. I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression, and then that kind of started my journey with which prescription medicine is going to help. Um, I remember one made me really defiant, and I ran away from home. Sorry, Mom. Um, 
the other, the next one I tried made me have insomnia, and then they gave me sleeping pills. The sleeping pills called, caused nightmares, and I was just tormented all night long. So then I wasn't sleeping, and my depression just kept getting worse. Um, when things just didn't seem to get better, I started to self-harm. I surrounded myself with people that were struggling as well, so instead of being built up, I was just continually being torn down. This went on for about two years, and then I ended up being hospitalized for trying to kill myself. It wasn't that I wanted to die, it's just I didn't want to feel that way anymore. I didn't want to have to live the same day over again, just in this constant state of depression and darkness, not knowing when it was going to get better. Um, Generationally, it made a lot of sense because my mom had depression, she learned to um, cope with it and live with it, so eventually I would too. Through therapy, um, I learned how to cope with panic attacks and just accepted the fact that I was probably going to be depressed the rest of my life. Um, Around that time, I was 16. I was doing a little better. Not great, but better. Um, But I still wasn't happy on a regular basis. I remember someone at my church told me, well, if you aren't living how God wants you to, how can you expect to be happy? So that's kind of when I dove into the religion I was raised in. I decided that instead of following the guidelines that I had previously um, been kind of following occasionally, that I would really just deep dive in and just follow that religion. My junior year of high school, while I was doing this, um, I also decided to really focus on others. So I remember um, I would go and help with special needs adults. I would do fundraising for the Christmas box, which helps prevent child abuse, and the Odyssey House, which is actually a halfway house for Um, women that are getting over drug addictions. So through it all, I learned so much. I was really grateful to just have such a big impact for doing something so small. At the end of my junior year, I was still really depressed. Um, I would self-harm occasionally because it numbed the fact that nothing was making me truly happy. I was just so frustrated that God hadn't held up his end of the bargain that I had made with him. Um, And if everything I was taught wasn't going to provide me happiness, then what was the point anymore? Um, This was kind of the turning point, and I started becoming really reckless. I was meeting up with guys in parking lots or apartments, just trying to get some some form of self-fulfillment from them. But God had something else in mind. (laughs) Um, About two weeks after I started that self-destructive cycle, um, my middle school crush and now husband... He started talking to me again, and um, after we started seriously dating, um, things started coming up. He believed in a relationship with God, and I still was believing in this religion. Um, just really searching to figure out what the different wa- difference was, why he was happy, why I wasn't. I remember skipping school my senior year, because I never went to school. <laughs> and <laughs> um, I was sitting in a cafe, um, reading my Bible, just begging God to just show me something different, to just prove a point that there had to be something more. Because if, if there wasn't, why was I living? Um, as I turned and eating my French toast, I read Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is a gift from God, not the result of works. The things that religion was teaching me was contradicting what God was saying. God wasn't asking me to follow rules, and he wasn't condemning me. He was telling me I was forgiven regardless of what I had done or what I was going to do. He wanted to give me a gift for just believing in him as the Lord and Savior. (laughs) 
So with that, the title of my message is A Life Worth Living. I had such an unhealthy relationship with Jesus, wondering if he was hearing my prayers when thousands of other people were praying, thinking he had forgotten about me because of my sins. Um, And I never thought those few sentences in the Bible would have brought me so much healing and freedom. Over the next year, I was able to go through several deliverance sessions and get anxiety, depression, and sexual assault broken off of my family line. And I know that this is something that I or my children are never going to have to deal with ever again. (laughs) But it gets better. Um, I've actually, um, I no longer depended on my medication. And the one I was taking for my depression, I haven't been medicated for the past four years. Like Timothy 2, 1 through 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I don't often really share this part of my life because up until recently, I was pretty ashamed that I allowed Satan to have such a strong grip on my life that instead of reaching to God, that I was just continually just focused on everything negative that had happened. Um, I was really frustrated that I wasn't like the old Sarah, the one that would have gone up to my husband in middle school and forced him to be my best friend. The one that you could have caught running down the street in the rainstorm because it was fun. I would have just been so embarrassed thinking, what would people think of me? In this last session of internship, um, it was about finding our identity in Christ. And that's really what finally clicked what that verse meant so much to me in Ephesians. Before, I was looking for my identity in everyone around me. Uh, My teachers, my parents, my friends, church leaders. Um... But the moment I was sitting in that cafe and I realized I was saved was I realized that was the moment my life started. I shouldn't be mourning for everything that had happened before or the person I was before because God has something so much greater for me now. In this past six months, God has just given me so much courage. Um, The fear that captivated my life was just gone. Um, He gave me the courage to leave my job that I'd been at for the past five years because I was miserable. And I knew God had called me to do something more than to manage supervisors at a storage company. Um, God didn't call us to be sad, miserable, or depressed, um, or even abused. And he hasn't forgotten about anyone. If depression is something that you... Um, have accepted into your life, I want to let you know you don't have to live that way. In the spirit of Christmas, God wants to give you the gift he gave me. He wants to give you freedom from depression, anxiety, and self-hatred. You don't have to work for God's love or acceptance. He died on the cross so that we could be free and to not sacrifice anything else in our lives and not compromise on the promises that he's given us. So with that, um, I want to welcome the man behind the scenes, Mr. Chewy. There's so much, many more of you this time. It's... it's... Um, first of all, thank you to Pastor Jurgen and Leanne for giving us an internship. A year ago, I would have told you, no, this is never, ever happening. 
Uh, a lot of you knew me from before then, and knew, like, you knew, you, we, we talked. Um, I'd also like to thank Pastor Matt and Loren. Um, they don't know this, but they are part of the best Christmas present I've ever had. For two years now, my parents have asked me, what do you want for Christmas? And I said, the only thing I want is for you to come to church with me. And because I'm up here, they're sitting on that back row right now. And since I brought them up, I'd like to thank my parents. Like I said in the first service, you know, it's not their fault that I'm this way, but they did make me this way. Um, With that, the story that you're about to hear is one that they don't even know. This is the first time they are going to hear it. And I'd like to put a little disclaimer on that. What you're about to hear involves depression, suicide, things like that. And oftentimes when people talk about these things, it's a stigma that, you know, it's a failure as a parent if your child is doing this. And there is nothing that they did that made me want to be that way. They are the best parents that any, any child could ask for. And I love them for it. So without further ado... I want to start by asking you a question from the Bible, Romans 8.35. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? We'll come back to that. I was raised in an LDS family. We went to church every Sunday. We did everything else during the week. It was a happy, loving family. Around 17, I had a friend in high school who invited me to a youth night where they did basically this, but just a bunch of teenagers. (laughs) (laughs) And it was the first time that I ever, you know, thought about, you know, it, it all sounds the same. So why is one religion better than the other? Is it really better than the other? What is it that makes one more true than the other? It kind of made me stop and think, you know, well, there is some higher power somewhere, obviously. But I don't know what it is. Well, you know. And being 17, teenager, doing teenager things. Eventually, you know, doing some extra stupid things, getting kicked out of high school for not going to class. All the things. Um, Kind of just, you know made me feel like, you know, it, it's, it's all my fault. You know, you, you talk about families are forever and eternity, but because of me, you know, I'm the one that's throwing that whole thing off. It's going to be all my fault that we're not together. And it really kind of messed with my brain. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I just kind of lived with the, there is something, but I don't want to put a label on it because I don't want to think about what I've done. Um, July 1st, 2015, met a woman. She was fantastic. Um, we, you know, dated for a while. I had a friend who invited me to City Church. Some of you know it, some of you don't. It was what we started at. It's what Awaken came in and lifted up and now look at us. Um... (laughs) 
And after about six months into December, we became engaged. And we started planning out life, started talking about future, where we were going to live, what we were going to do, everything that was coming. June 30th, 2016, one day before one year, I get a text while at work. It's that text that we all know and that text that nobody wants. And I'm at work. I can't do anything. I'm on my way home from work. Yeah, I'm driving down Parley's Canyon because I, I worked up there, lived down here. It was not great. Um, you know, calling over and over again. Finally, like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night, I get an answer. And she just says, yeah, no, we're done. Something else was more convenient. Someone else was more convenient. We're done. That's it. And if you know me, you know that I always have a knife. Sure enough, that's a knife. <laughs> um, having come from work, I had a knife in my pocket. I had one next to my bed. I'm sitting there, and I, the, the phone hangs up, and I know, I knew right then that everything had gone so dark so fast that if I hadn't anything near me, I was going to do something I couldn't undo. And I threw them across the room. And I made a noise that probably freaked out the entire neighborhood. <laughs> and everything just kind of went black. Um, like I said, I worked in Park City. Every day, twice a day, I would get to that point where there's a nice drop-off cliff. And I'd think to myself every day, twice a day, if I just didn't turn and just went... I wouldn't have to feel this way anymore. There wouldn't be anything else to, you know, I couldn't feel happy anymore. I've got scars on my hands from when I, you know, self-harmed myself because I wanted to feel something. I didn't care. I just wanted something. A few months that lasted. October rolls around. Friends from church come out, finally get a hold of me because I had cut them off. I'd cut everything off. I'd made the biggest mistake of my life, and I told God, this is your fault, and I hate you, and I'm going away. Wow. Friend invited me to this women's conference that they were holding in Park City. It was just an overnight thing. They just needed an extra hand helping with the production stuff, which I love doing. And they came to me and was like, you know, you work in Park City. It's in Park City. Could you just stop on your way home and help us out sure why not maybe I'll be a little bit happy standing there I'm watching somebody on stage talk about the mission trip that they just got back from to Central America listening to them talk about this miracle and that miracle and miracle after miracle and I'm standing there watching her lips move and not hearing anything anymore and it was it felt like somebody walked up behind me, smacked me upside the head, and crystal clear in my ears, you fool. That's me. Your pain is not my fault. Over the next five, six years, even within this last year, 
God's put my heart back together. He's taught me what true love is, what my true worth is. If you were here for Twisted, there was a quote you would have seen. The pursuing love of God is the greatest wonder of the spiritual universe. Let's go back to Romans. Romans 8, 37. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. Love never fails. God never fails. He loves you. He will fight with you. He will fight for you. And if you run away, he will come after you. He will not let you go. If I had to put a title on this message, Unending, Unlimited, Unshakable Love. Come on, let's give it up for the interns. What? What? Wow. You can grab a seat. Wow. Ah, I love hearing what God's doing. Got real too, huh? I love it. It is not always easy to be as transparent as, uh, as these interns were, and I just want to thank you guys. Bible says that we, we overcome by the power of the blood and the word of the testimony. And what you heard today was three powerful testimonies. There's something so uh, on this message. There's a resounding theme, and it's uh, Sarah shared the verse, but Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is so important. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. You know, the universal similarity between all world religions minus the gospel is all world religions require conformity for approval to get back to God. Why that, was, why that will work of getting people in is because we were all you can run, like Tui said, you can run, you can hide, but the truth is you were divinely designed by God himself to be in a relationship with God. That's how you were designed. And no amount of, as Austin said, no amount of parties, girls, or football will ever fill that hole. We both know. No amount of feeling real feelings, no amount of anything can fill, only God can fill the hole. But what makes Christianity so audacious and so powerful is that Jesus came and said, here's the new rule. I'll trade my life for yours. And you will no longer need to work for approval or love from the Father. You will begin to work from. You will begin 
to work from. Look at the man on the cross, the thief on the cross. Sums up the whole thing. One guy mocks Jesus. One guy. He's up there and he's done stuff to deserve to be up there. He's not a, he's not a good dude. He hasn't crossed the finish line well. He's had no time to earn God's approval. He's had no time to live a, a righteous life. And he says, Jesus, will you remember me? Jesus says, I tell you the truth, today you will be in paradise. There was no religious hoops to jump through. There was no, nothing he could do except for invite Jesus and ask Jesus, what would you do with my life if I gave it to you? And he says, here's what I'll do for you. I'll put you in paradise. Because what you don't realize is that every mistake you've made, everything you've done, that the devil works overtime, there is a devil. There is a devil and there is a, there is a spiritual realm. And the devil is called the accuser of the brethren. His sole purpose is to get you in a religious mindset, to get you to be in shame and guilt and get on the hamster wheel of maybe if I do enough, Sarah, that was so powerful. You tried a year to earn it. It was in a cafe, not drinking coffee too. Amazing. I don't understand that. It's never happened to me. But it was in a cafe and Jesus answered her prayer. He said, here's, here's, what, here's what I have for you. Here's the deal. Stop doing and let me in. That's the gospel. That's the point. And I challenge you to find another world religion that would have the audacity to say, I'll do all the work. You just believe. And then you'll see the fruit of depression gone, of anxiety gone, of homelessness broken, of suicide not happening. Getting whopped upside the head and said, I'm good and I'm for you. So as we close the service, I'm going to ask everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. And I want to just give an opportunity. If you haven't accepted that free gift, I cannot think of no better Christmas present. Than to take God at his word. That he will accept you right now exactly the way you are. But he's so good, he's not going to leave you there. But he doesn't care if you have depression, anxiety. doesn't care if you, what you did last night. The only thing he cares about is your soul. And you knowing that you're loved. And he'll begin to unravel all the dysfunction. But it'll be him. And it's so much easier just to put your hand in his hand and say, I'm going to go with you and you just show me. You don't have to earn his love. He paid the price so that you could step into it. So if you're far from God, maybe one, maybe you have prayed some kind of prayer, but you realize like, man, I do not really sit in this place of understanding that and believing that Jesus paid the full price and that I can be forgiven and set free today. Or maybe you've never prayed that prayer. Maybe this is your first time hearing something like this. Friend, let me tell you, you were made for this. You were made to be in relationship like Adam walking with your father.
and he's made a way. He doesn't clean his fish before he catches them. He doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. And so if you need to ask Jesus, if you need to say, Jesus, all right, I'm doing this your way, I'm gonna believe in you. I'm gonna accept your free gift of forgiveness for my sins. If that's you, with everyone's head bowed and eyes closed, I wanna include you in a prayer. Would you do something that might seem a little little scary, but trust me, it's worth it. Would you just, I'm gonna count to three. Would you just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with? And you are raising your hand to say, God, I believe. I believe the gospel that's transformed the world for 2,000 years. I believe. I want you, Jesus. So if that's you, I'm gonna count to three and ask you to raise your hand and we're gonna pray together. I'm just gonna, one, two, three, who's that? Go ahead, raise your hand. Thank you, I see that hand. Once I've seen your hand, you can put it down. I'm gonna just give another minute, I feel. I'm gonna give another minute, I feel the presence of God here. And I believe that there's someone who, maybe you're wrestling. Friend, Jesus loves you. Is there anyone else? Let's all get to our feet. We're gonna do something all together. We're gonna pray this prayer out loud. If you raised your hand, or you should have raised your hand, but maybe a little nervous, you can pray this prayer out loud with everyone else. And then uh, then we're gonna open up the altar for ministry time because I believe God wants to heal some people. So let's pray together. And you guys all repeat after me. Dear Jesus, this morning... I want to give you my life. I want to ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to forgive me my sins. Forgive me my trespasses. Forgive me my shortcomings. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and my King. Help me to begin a life of following you to see your goodness in every area. I believe you paid the price for my sin and I accept that gift this morning. In Jesus' name, church said amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.